Hello, folks. Welcome back to the Honey House Gaming and Tech Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. Uh, I come to you in this episode uh, definitely heavy-hearted. This is... Uh, it's been a difficult uh, week, hasn't it? It's been... It's it's actually it's, it's very difficult for me to put into words. Um, I want to talk briefly before we get into the show. I want to talk candid about the murder of George Floyd, and you know I've been trying to process it, trying to figure out just even just my thoughts on it. It's difficult for all of us. Um, I watched the video online. I wanted to watch it so that I could see what went on. And it was the most horrific thing I've ever seen. I don't encourage any of you to go watch it. Yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible. You're basically watching a murder. You're watching a police officer take the life of another human being right there, live. It's disgusting on every level. And I really can't accurately describe my anger and my sadness and my disgust with it. And... It goes so, so deeper than this too. That's what's really sad is it goes so deep with the decades and decades and decades of racism and murder. And here we are again. This is another white police officer taking the life of a black man. Again, again and again and again. This man was unarmed, compliant, cooperative. And he was murdered right there on the ground. And there has to be change. This must stop. I, I've been so affected by this. I, I honestly, I, I'm not able, I haven't been able to do anything. I haven't wanted to do anything. I feel like such a piece of shit in comparison to all of this that's going on, you know? And so but I need to be here and I need to be a voice of change. I need to be here to voice this, to help, to rise up, to grow, to give strength so that we can heal and process and overcome and create the change. So that's why I'm here today doing this. And may maybe it's helpful, maybe, maybe it's not. I, I really don't know. But there has to be change. We have to make change. All of us. We need to come together. Use our voices. Use our platforms. Use whatever way we can to create change. I put down a few notes of things here that we can do. You can contact your state or local leaders. In this case, you can send a letter to Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Frey demanding justice, demanding police changes, accountability, so many other things. You can sign petitions. Uh, looked up a few petitions here. Justice for George Floyd on change.org. The petition aims to reach the attention of Mayor Jacob Frey and Mike Freeman to have the officers involved in this disgusting situation fired, which they already have been, and also charged with murder. 
There's another uh, petition, Justice for Floyd, on act.colorofchange.org. This petition is to demand the officers who killed George Floyd to be charged with murder. That petition has over 1 million signatures as of writing it this morning. If you want to get involved and donate to help the families, you can do that on the official George Floyd GoFundMe page. Organized by the brother of George, the fund was created to cover funeral and burial expenses, expenses, mental and grief counseling, lodging and travel for the court proceedings, and also to assist the family in the days to come as they continue to seek justice for George. That's just a few. There's, there's many, many others. If you choose to get involved, you can do so. I encourage you to do that. This unjust and senseless murder of black men and women by the hand of law enforcement needs to stop. I'm going to pause the show, take a break, and then come back and attempt to... Uh, Scrounge an episode out of this. All right. All right, all right. I feel like I should just play some, some of the music. Get it started here. Ladies and gentlemen, hello. Welcome back to the Heidi House Gaming Attack Podcast. I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. We're going to talk about some gaming. We'll talk about some tech. Actually, I, I have more gaming news than I do tech stuff. Um, it's been a light week. So, uh, you know, we'll talk about a few things here, but some actually some interesting news and uh, an update, actually. Let's just, you know, what? let's just go right into the update because I think that's really, really cool. And we should set that up shortly. Um, here's what I'm talking about. Uh, it was an audio question asked last week. And also I was talking about we ordered a microphone for Steph to have over here. And you know, if you watched my video I did a few weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago at this point, I I did a comparison on the Fifine, uh, Fifine condenser USB microphone and actually found that I really, really liked it. Uh, spoiler alert, I, I in fact loved it. I thought it was fantastic for a USB mic. We've come so far with USB technology now, right? And the microphones are so good. But it was a company called Fifine. And uh, so we tried that mic. I loved it. And so we looked there again. We set that microphone up in her her office, her game, uh, her gaming area by her PC. So she has that set up on a stand and all that sort of thing. So I was looking on Fifine's website and found that they have this. Uh, well, here it is right here. I'll just show you a picture of it. It's the Fifine K052. This is the user manual, obviously. But it's this kind of like... Old school, like um, uh, gooseneck tabletop microphone. Remember those? You used to have those back in the day, remember? <laughs> like, we used to have one for our Packard Bell. It was beige. It was uh, ugly. It was really, really lightweight and thin, but it would sit on the tabletop and kind of had a little gooseneck. Well, this here, we ordered it. It's It was super cheap. I think we paid like 24 or 25 bucks for it. And uh, the reviews were pretty good on it. And of course, I was impressed with the other fee find. So we thought, let's try it. So we bought it. And here it is. I'll bring it over. I'll show you guys. Here it is. Fee find. It's uh, basically, it's got two little gooseneck parts. This bottom part has a gooseneck that rotates and moves, flexes. And then also up here on top, it flexes. So you can uh, adjust that to uh, be, you know, face uh, your mouth, obviously to get the best sound, uh, to get that, you know, that proximity effect going on. But this is going to sit on her desk and her desk is kind of tight, kind of narrow over there, but she's going to put it between her monitors and then it will come up. And the reason why we wanted to get this too is because it's got the volume right here, basically input gain, but then also has this big mute button. Boom, right there in the middle. This is fantastic because she, basically it's USB. We'll plug it into the computer. When she wants to chime in, and talk some shit to me or crack a wise joke like she does. Now she won't have to do it, you know, uh, and you guys can't hear it. She'll be able to just go boom and then tell me how much of a piece of shit I am. And then uh, she'll be able to turn herself off and then it's good to go. Now, she won't be able to monitor herself, but you guys will be able to hear her 
which is great. So, and actually, I want to set this shit up. This is a tech podcast. We should set this shit up right now in real time. And I'll maybe throw on a compressor, maybe do a little EQ, maybe try to get the sound. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to sound, to be honest. This is uh, all new, but that should be a lot of fun. So once she gets back in here, I'm going to set, actually, you know what? I'll plug it in and get it set up. I'm going to pause the show. I'm going to set it up and then I'll be right back. So, so don't go anywhere. So, okay. So I plugged it in. And I have it to where I can hear you too, uh, monitoring it. Okay. Uh, so this says it's a a um, condenser with a cardioid polar pattern, five volt, obviously USB. Uh, and what I love about actually, see, and I have it so I can I can actually hear myself a little bit in it. It's, yeah, it's pretty cool. Wow. Hi, yeah, say hi to everyone, Steph. Hi, Steph. Oh, hi, everyone. Yeah, see, this is gonna be great. And I haven't even I feel t- bad I, for you, Jason. <laughs> no, no. And everyone else listening. No, no, they love you. They love you more than me. I don't know about that. Uh, I do. Um, the interesting, what I love about Fifine though, is that they they give you this beautiful manual. Look at this. Beautiful. It's kind of hard to see. Beautiful color fold-out manual. And um, it has the uh, frequency response up here too. You can't really see it, but it's. The attention to detail. I know you're hearing me echo a little bit because I'm monitoring that over there. It's okay. Um, but we're going to, let's adjust yours in real time. This is great. This actually gives me an idea of where I can bump and mix a little bit. It's it's pretty uh, it's pretty good sounding as it is. looks like it has a, uh, right at one kilohertz, it has a little dip there, which is great. That's right where I like to dip. I like to duh dip. I put my mic up on you. So yep. this is just it straight out of the box? Straight out of the box. No adjustment? No adjustment. All right, you can just jump in whenever you feel like and talk some of that shit to me. How about that? All right, let's jump in. Let's talk about some uh, gaming news. Did you guys know that every N64 game ever released, commercially released, would fit onto one single Switch cart? couple of my friends have sent me this article too. This is actually very interesting when you think about it. Um, this article came from Nintendo Life. Interesting tidbit about that. Uh, they explained the maximum storage capacity of an official N64 game cart is 64 megabytes. All right. Think about that. 64 megabytes. So no game released on the N64 could be larger than that. Most games, in fact, were smaller than that, as we know. Only a, a small handful, Zelda, Donkey Kong, 64, a bunch, a few others went to that capacity where they required to have the expansion pack, the eight megabyte expansion pack installed in order for it to work. But most games were even smaller than 64 megabytes. So let's just, we'll round it up for easy math. Um, a quick search online revealed that there were 388 N64 games made. Well, made it to retail anyway. So 64 megabytes times 388 leaves us with 24,832 megabytes. In other words, 24.8 gigabytes. Now, the largest Switch cart that Nintendo allows developers to use is 32 gigabytes. So that would mean they could, in theory, put an entire N64 library on a single cart. How about we just do that? Think about that. It's the N64 collection. It will never happen. But it's a really interesting math. It's a very interesting tidbit there. Very, very cool. Um, some of the biggest, actually, probably the biggest news of this week, gaming-related, is that the PS5, Sony, and the PS5 team are going to be revealing some games that you're going to be able to play on the PS5. Very, very cool. Um they're talking about Thursday, June 4th at 1 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. That is when they're going to reveal it. I think they said they're going to do it on Twitch and a few other places, probably YouTube. Um, I wrote down some of the quotes they have on here. We've shared technical specifications and shown you the new DualSense wireless controller. But what is a launch without games? <laughs> or seeing the console or a price. Sony, is. we talked about this last episode. Who is going to blink first? Well, <laughs> They're still playing chicken, right? They're still playing chicken with each other. I don't think they're going to announce the price or show the console, which what everyone wants. They're kind of they're kind of teasing and they're uh, showing some of the games, which is which is still cool. We're getting closer, folks. We're getting closer there. 
Sony's excited to share that they will soon give your first look at the games that you'll be playing on PlayStation 5 once it launches this holiday. The games coming to PS5 represent the best in the industry from innovative studios that span the globe. Studios, both larger and smaller, those newer and those more established, all have been hard at work developing games that will showcase the potential of the PlayStation 5 hardware. This digital showcase will run a bit more than an hour and a half. And for the first time, we will be all together virtually experiencing the excitement together. A lack of physical events has given us an amazing opportunity to think differently and bring you on this journey with us and hopefully closer than ever before. <laughs> this is part of our series of PS5 updates and rest assured after next week's showcase, we will still have much more to show you. Please join us on Twitch. Oh, it is Twitch and YouTube, June 4th, 1 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern, or no, 10 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. Pacific uh, to see what's in store for the next generation of games. So they're going to be showcasing the games that we're going to be playing, which is pretty cool. So that's actually really big news. Uh, no reveal on the console, what it looks like, and no reveal on the price. That's obviously going to be as late as possible. Microsoft is waiting for Sony, and Sony is waiting for Microsoft. Like I talked about last episode, I really feel like they're waiting for each other, so hopefully they can then steal the thunder back. They're going to steal that thunder back like they always try to do each year or every time they have a console release. Uh, really, really cool. Um, want to talk about a, a couple of games that are on my radar that are that are coming out here. I played, I've talked about this before, but I played the coin game on stream. Amazing. Love that game. It's fantastic. My homie Chad, he's he has texted me and told me like he's already spent like 10 hours in it and he can't get enough of it. He loves it. So people are loving it as well. It's such a great game. It has lots of um has like the crane game and it has scratch it's if you can believe it. It has a you can drive to like a carnival in your golf cart and play at the carnival shooting galleries. Like it's really an amazing, amazing game. Uh, you should go watch the VOD on that on Twitch. Actually, I made a highlight reel on YouTube. You should go watch the highlight reel because it's fucking hilarious. I streamed like three hours of it and I condensed it to about a half hour. It's hilarious. Good stuff. So that is number one. Uh, number two, last night, Stephanie and I played Minecraft Dungeons. I played just the first mission. Uh, with her four-player co-op. It's in the Microsoft uh, Game Pass. So if you have the Game Pass, you are able to play it. And I got to be honest, I really like it. And when I saw the previews at E3 a while ago, I said, you know what? That looks like a game I might like. I might get into that. Now, it's probably because I'm a complete fucking noob when it comes to MMOs. I admit, I fully admit, and it's so funny because Stephanie said the other day, she's like reading articles about it and uh, reading reviews about it. And they were on there saying that <laughs> they called it baby's first MMO or baby's first Diablo. And yeah, 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 I can see it. I can see it. And you know what? That's the kind of Diablo I want. That's the kind of Diablo I want. I need an introduction. I need my handheld. I'm not I'm not that great at those games. But it, it sure was fun. I really enjoyed it. I played through the first mission with her, and I was like, you know what? Let's stream this sometime. So we're going to play that. Hopefully sometime this week, maybe in the next com coming weeks, we're going to be playing that. Tons of fun. I really, really liked it. I like the simplicity of it. Uh, it's definitely bare bones. If you're coming from Diablo, you're, you've been playing MMOs forever, you better just steer clear of this shit. You are not going to like this. This is very much... It's very much for... Kids, as you can tell, it's very basic. I mean, Minecraft, you know where the audience is at. So, you know what we're looking at. Um, as I was playing it, though, and I know this is how MMOs are played. I know this is how Diablo's played. I know how these games are played. You use the mouse and you click. And you you click an area and it kind of like highlights the ground. And then that's where your character goes to, right? Or you click and hold and then they walk. This is all shit you guys are like. Uh, yeah, Jason, duh. I honestly, I kind of wish that I had WASD to use to control my character in those games. And maybe some games allow you to do that, but I really found myself like wishing I could do that. I was finding myself wanting to use WASD to move around and then also like strafe and attack and do things like you basically have to walk up to an enemy, get up in their shit and then attack them while taking damage. And sure you can like re, re regen your health and stuff, There's potions and apples and bread that you can eat and stuff. 
But I, I find that I wish I could actually have some sort of evasive measures, like attack and move around and have just my mobility. I wish I had a little bit more mobility. And um, again, now I'm starting to get real technical. Like, well, then go play a real fucking MMO, Jason. Okay, well, maybe I will. But uh, yeah, so that was my first impression with Minecraft Dungeons. I actually really like it. It looks beautiful. And uh, yeah, I love it. I love it. So we'll be playing that. Uh, what else? I guess I should have put this in random news, but whatever. It's gaming related. The new shark game, Maneater, was released on the 22nd last week. And I want to get it. I remember seeing this um, revealed, the trailer on E3. And it's done by Tripwire. And I love Tripwire. They're fantastic. They're great at supporting their games. Uh, questionable DLC with Killing Floor 2. Questionable $10 guns questionable but uh gotta give him credit for supporting the game and also making a great game i love killing floor too so i was definitely interested in this so i went at e3 at that time and wish listed the game on steam well i have a little update to that I have a little news that i just learned before recording this podcast because i went and looked it up evidently the epic store got him folks the epic store got him so I wish listed on Steam, went to Steam, was like, yeah, let's let's get it. Let's check it out. It says launch, uh, release date to be announced. And I'm like, wait, it says it was released. I went to the community hub in Steam, and it is completely fuming from the community of people. Like, why did you guys jump ship and you're now on Epic Store? Fuck you. I'm not going to buy it. La, 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 all this stuff. Um, Yeah, so they basically pulled out of releasing it on Steam in favor of Epic Store at launch. Just to break down exactly how I think this went down, this is, this is really typical. And you kind of, like, in a way, you understand why a developer, you understand why a publisher would do this. You understand why. In the end, it's the gamer that gets fucked over. It's us. Because if we want to play it on a certain launcher, certain platform like Steam and they do this, then we're not able to. Now, that's not to say it's not going to be released on Steam. I bet you it will after a certain amount of time. Basically, here's how it went. Real quick, quick. This is this is my guess. They announced the game. Boom, they put up their Steam store, wishlist it, whatever. Epic came through and said, look, your game is great. We love it. We would love you to exclusively host it on our platform at launch for the duration of X amount of months. We will give you a huge kickback. Instead of, instead of a 60-40, We'll give you an 80-20 or something like that, whatever it is. It's way better than Valve's, okay? They're like, oh my gosh, how can we say no to you? That is such a great split. We'll make more money as developers, as publishers. At the start, that's great. We know we're going to piss off a big chunk of community, but we're going to release it there, make more in the beginning. Then we'll also release it on Steam. Hopefully all those people who were mad... They either went to Epic Store and they'll buy it or they'll wait for it and then buy it on Steam. They still hope they'll retain. Are you really going to be so mad that you will not buy it when it goes to Steam? Maybe, maybe, maybe there'll be people that are, but they're banking on no. They're banking on that you won't and that you still will buy it. And that is, and to be honest with you, you, you probably will. Um, I mean, I know I would. Oh, what the fuck? Goes on sale or something, you know, like the game's half off or summer sale, winter sale, whatever. Like, you know, you'll get it eventually. Um, so that's what's happened. And so it's crazy. It's just crazy to see that. I don't think I've actually seen that yet where they announced it on, on a launch or on like steam and then pulled out right before launch or whenever it was, and then went to exclusive exclusive on another launcher. That's pretty dirty. You know, that's pretty dirty, but you can understand it. Right. I don't say it's right. I didn't say it's wrong. I'm just saying you can understand why they're doing it. It's because of the money, the almighty dollar crazy stuff but uh, it looks awesome you play the role of the shark and you attack and eat humans <laughs> it's like jaws it's, it's basically like jaws simulator and there there are jaws games actually out there and they're pretty fun too um yeah interesting stuff um some other news about uh playstation 5 any game that a developer submits um as of mid-july to sony it needs to be PS5 compatible. So what they're saying is, hey, developers, if you submit a game from mid-July, actually July 13th, my birthday, July 13th, you have to have that game be fully compatible with PlayStation 5 as they're going to be, you know, pushing those games on those systems as well. So 
That means the PS4 games received by Sony for testing after the middle of that month need to be um, playable. And also, for example, developer couldn't flag their game as a PS5 compatible and not provide support for certain modes on the next-gen hardware. So basically, it has to be able to be compatible with the game mode um, or the hardware that the controller, you know, like the controller has a microphone, like you're going to have to support that or whatever the case may be. Sony has very specific details about this on their site. If you're a developer, you already know about this. But um, just to uh, all of us, the general public, that's that's pretty interesting, pretty fascinating stuff right there. I like it. Um, so, you know, we talked about this, actually it's been, gosh, what, a couple of years now? Super Mario, Super Nintendo World in Japan. It looks like it's almost ready to go. It's almost ready to open. Uh, the scaffolding is down. The cranes are gone. And at Universal Studios in Japan, looks like it's just about ready to open it. However, of course, because of the pandemic and going on, they're monitoring the situation. And they're not going to open just yet. But once they do, it looks like it will be ready to go. Uh, there's some drone footage that... Uh, that we got here online that showed up that shows an overview of what the world looks like in here. And to be honest, oh, let me just go ahead and turn on my trusty mirroring here so you can see here. And it looks pretty nice, doesn't it? it looks pretty nice. You've got Bowser's Castle down here. It's hard to see exactly what, what things are what, but the drone footage is pretty good. It's just a picture. You got uh, your warp pipes everywhere. Is that Peach's Castle over there? It looks like it might be. Very, very cool, though. This will be fun. It actually, to be honest, it doesn't look... <laughs> that's what she said. It doesn't look as big as I thought it would be. But um, and it looks like, you know, they've pretty much crammed it in into a corner there. But uh, I don't know. It, it, will probably, it probably is massive when you get down there. But very, very cool stuff right there. So Super Mario... Super Mario Land, Super Mario World in Japan is coming. Should be ready to go. Universal. Um, Amazon France, the Amazon's website on France shows some placeholders of new Switch games that are going to be released. Not just Switch, there's on other platforms too, but very interesting stuff. Uh, the listings have been discovered on Amazon France. They appear to be placeholders. They don't have pictures of the games yet, but they have just like no image like there and then it a short like placeholder title, which isn't official, but people found it and it's very fascinating. I'll read them off here for you so you don't have to go look. So here are some listings that were there. It just says Warner Brothers 2. So a Warner Brothers game says Nintendo Switch and Xbox One. Uh, another Warner Brothers game, Warner Brothers 3, Switch, PS4, Xbox One. There are two entries, Square Enix 2 and Square Enix 3, both exclusively Nintendo Switch. Very cool. There are two Ubisoft entries, Ubisoft 2 and 3. Uh, the first one is Nintendo Switch, Xbox One, and PS4. The other Ubisoft one is just Nintendo Switch and Xbox One. So no PlayStation 4. Really, really weird. There are three Bethesda uh, entries, 1, 2, and 3. First one, Switch, PS4. Second one, Switch, PS4, Xbox One. Third one, Nintendo Switch only. There's one from Capcom, exclusive Nintendo Switch only. And then finally, there's a Take-Two interactive entry. And that's going to be Nintendo Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. So actually, it looks like a lot of games are on there. Now, it's a placeholder. Who knows if it will vanish, if it's real or not. I mean, why would it not be real, right? Why would it, why would it not be real? But uh, that was pretty cool. Very interesting article uh, to see there. And uh, as we talked about before, as we've made our way through... Uh, this pandemic going on, BlizzCon is canceled. BlizzCon 2020 has been canceled. They said on here, quote, we're taking, we're talking about how we might be able to channel the BlizzCon spirit and connect with you in some way online. BlizzCon executive producer Sarah Lynn Smith said in a blog post. Well, of course, we know what's going to happen. And I've said it a million times already, but that's my prediction, man. We are moving to online. I feel bad for conventions. I feel bad for events, E3s, gaming conventions, trade shows, all that sort of thing. We are moving into a completely different world here. So, yeah. Yeah, that is, that is uh, 
is definitely not good for anyone in that business. And in fact, I saw a post uh, from my friend Gamester81. He talked about uh, that Game on Expo this year, 2020, is canceled because of this as well, taking taking the um, approach of safety as as they should, as they should. So, yeah, I wish them the best for a, a 2021 return. We will see. But uh, if you are planning to come out to game on this year, it is closed, canceled. Okay. I have just a couple of small things in tech. Again, kind of a light week. Not a whole lot going on there. But um, before we jump into the voicemails, we got a couple of tech stuff here. Microsoft is launching an investigation into the Xbox leak. Remember last week we talked about this? I think two weeks ago we talked about it as well. The leak happened earlier this month, but it only recently started to be uh, to gain attention uh, this week or last week because of all the stuff that was leaked. Some early Windows stuff, early uh, Windows NT stuff, and then, of course, the original OG Xbox documentation and the kernel. This is all huge, huge stuff. But Microsoft actually is in launching an investigation into this. So this is actually serious. They're taking it serious. Um, they have confirmed that they are investigating the Xbox leak. More specifically, the X, the Xbox makers have launched an investigation into the source code of the original Xbox console. So they are taking active, proactive measures there. Very interesting. Um, yeah, man, crazy stuff. A lot of leaks there was last week. We talked about Nintendo and Microsoft, all kinds of stuff. Uh, and finally, a console modder turns a broken NES, the original NES, into a Switch dock. Reddit user Ruak. I don't know how to pronounce her name. I'm going to butcher it. It's a Reddit user here uh, who's managed to salvage a broken NES by turning it into a fully functioning docking station. They say that they bought a broken NES from a local seller, stripping out the insides, in case they could be used to service their own NES in the future. It's great. Yeah, reusing the parts. Um, reusing the shell from the casing of the new Switch dock. The internal pieces had to be laser cut. And the whole thing fits very snug indeed, which the edges of the plastic rounded on the top are there to avoid scratches on the screen. I have a picture I'd love to show you. Actually, it looks super nice. Very cool. Love how they re... Um, uh, reinstalled, uh, re what's the fucking word I'm trying to think here? They moved, the, <laughs> they moved the USB port to the front, and I think it looks really, really good. I can't get my words straight here. Um, yeah, very, very cool. And I watched. There's a video to go along with this as well. So watch the video. It's very cool. Switch is very snug in there. Um, and every time, you know what? Every time I watch somebody like dock a switch. And they're just like kind of heavy handed. I just get nervous. I get really nervous. And hey, it's your switch. Do what you want. But just a little friendly reminder. Please be careful <laughs> docking it. It's so fragile. And honestly, if you've seen like the, the dock that comes with your switch, it's like the switch is in there, but it's kind of like wobbly. It's not, I don't know. I get nervous, man. I get nervous. Like putting carts in a Super Nintendo or N64, like just be careful. I'm weird that way. Am I the only one? I probably, no, I'm not. I cannot be the only one. I cannot be the only one. Very interesting stuff there. Yeah, so that was some tech stuff. Hey, we're going to jump into the voicemails here. 503-908-5490. You want to talk about something? I would love to uh, to hear from you. We have a few voicemails. Let's just jump on over there. Hello? <laughs> well, that's interesting. It just stopped. <laughs> it's, an old, it's an old MacBook. Hey, relax. Hello? <laughs> You've got voicemail. Damn right. Yeah, you sure do. It's been a while. It's been a while. Uh, let's see here. Okay. Uh, yeah, we actually have three voicemails in here. Very cool. Thanks for calling, folks. Let's jump in. Uh, first one here. This one came through uh, this last week, about five five days ago. Hey, Jason Heine. It's a long-time listener and a first-time caller. Just calling to say I got a question for you. I'm a truck driver, and I listen to your podcast all the time. 
Just wondering nice. what kind of truck would you drive? Peterbilt, Volvo, whatnot. And what kind of freight would you haul? Flatbed, reefer, bulk. I was curious. I know you play the game all the time, and you kind of have the attitude of a truck driver. So I'm yeah. curious on what we, what you would haul. All right, thanks. Bye. My man right there. Breaker, breaker, one-niner. Like to welcome you to General Long Toe, General Jason Commander, Chief of Squad Long Toe and Long Toe Trucking. I'm hauling lots of shit. Nah, I appreciate the call. That's fantastic. <laughs> that is a great question. Um, uh, yeah, I like to drive myself a Peterbilt. It's built by a guy named Peter. It's Peterbilt. No, no, to be honest with you, that's a great question. I would probably want something super fancy. And yes, I'm sorry. I'm going to be fucking bougie now. I would want something super fancy, super plush, loaded with technology, super comfy. I don't want like the Mack truck from 1972. All right. Not down with that. I would want, look, I just in game, I just bought the brand new, what is it? The Mack truck. What is it? The Vantage? Shit. What is it? What's the name of it? You know what it is. You're over there yelling it. That truck, amazing. The new Volvos, though, dude, super plush. I have one of those two in the game. Very, very nice. Now, I've never driven a truck in real life. I would like to. It'd be fun. But uh, I would probably go with something like that. Super, very, very high-tech, new, and I would like it in that dark Viper blue. That's beautiful. Very, very nice. As far as freight, what would I haul? Oh, man, I'd be hauling brand new cars. I want to haul cars. Yeah, that would be fun. Taking all these big, beautiful cars, you know, to the dealerships or whatever, making people happy. That would be awesome. Like, they just ordered their new car, and here it is coming. Here I am driving it. Yeah. Then I get to drive them, too. I get to back them off the truck. Or do they have teams? Do they have people at the dealership to do that? Or do I do that? That would be awesome. I'd love to do it. Drive them off. That would be cool. So, great question. I appreciate that. Thanks for the call. And I'm really glad you listened to it in the truck. I hope hope it, in, hope it uh, makes your the miles go a little a little faster. Thanks for listening. Hey, guys. How's it going? Chris from Canada again. Hi, Chris. Uh, this week, I'd like to talk about backlogs. Mm. Uh, you probably already answered this already, but that's okay. Um, my backlog is huge. I have some weird OCD tendency to buy every game in a series, even if it's something like Final Fantasy or Assassin's Creed or Call of Duty, and I don't play any of them. <laughs> I build this giant backlog. And then I feel like I need to play them in order, in order to progress through the series. Mm. And so, you know, the new God of War or, you know, like Mass Effect Andromeda just sits on my console for years. Uh, or, the new, you know, it's brutal. So my question for you is, how do you prioritize your backlog? Do you just play what you want to play? Uh, do you kind of fall into it like a research thing where you just like play an entire series of marathon? Like... I don't really know how to attack my backlog in a efficient way. Do I get an Excel spreadsheet? And at the end of the day, does that just destroy all the fun of playing games? I don't know. Um, I really appreciate art and film and uh, books and music. And I see games as the same kind of art form, uh, you know, like in its integrity. But uh, so I want to experience everything in context. Mm. Hence why I'd like to play all the God of War and Final Fantasy in order. But I mean, I'd be dead before I even finished all these games. So it's yeah, kind of it's an true. issue. So, it's true. And then I have new systems and buying new games. And So how do you prioritize your backlog? Excel spreadsheet, what do you do? I don't know. Any advice would be great. Mm. Love you guys. Have a good one. Take care. Chris, thanks for the call. Yeah, that is a, that's a, actually, that is a, a hot topic. That's a big question. How do you tackle your backlog? <sighs> I'm I'm very non-traditional when it comes to this. Chris, you're probably going to hate my answer. Not it's not going to help you too much. Um yeah. This is this is fascinating. Now, Steph, you kind of actually you have backlog. You've actually come up with some sort of system, or at least maybe even just in your head like mental system to attack backlog. But Chris is talking about he has the urgency, the the need to buy all the games from all the series and play them in order. Like even the Call of Duties, he doesn't even play Call of Duty. He buys all the Call of Duties and wants to play them from the very beginning all the way through. 
Final Fantasies, God of War, all that. He said he'll be dead by the time he even does this. He's having a problem with it. He doesn't know how to attack his back catalog. So he's asking any advice. That's very interesting. I, I don't do it that way. I don't want to own every game in the series. And I don't want to play them in order. Some games I might. But typically I look at every game as their own experience. Unless they're directly connected. Like I could kind of understand like God of War. Like I can, I can kind of understand Halo. Right? I can kind of understand Final Fantasy. How they, some of them connect almost directly. Well, maybe some of the earlier ones, I guess. So I can understand why you'd want to do that. And then your your whole thing about, hey, does that just am I does it just take away from the experience of gaming? Am I, you know, I don't know. I mean, in some cases, I think it could. I think that that is a valid point. I think it's a very valid point. I try to take every game as its own individual experience because they are individual. And even though the storylines do connect, um, I think it's good to look at each game as an individual experience. I'll give an example of that. When I played Half-Life 2 for the very first time, I didn't play the original Half-Life. I hadn't even played it yet, right? So I played Half-Life 2 first. And it's like sacrilege. Everyone's like, oh my God. Even though they're directly connected, they're like, oh, Mr. When I played Half-Life 2, oh, I'm Barney from Black Mesa. Gordon Freeman, remember me? No, I don't fucking remember you. Who are you? I had no idea. I don't know. I don't know Barney. I know Barney Rubble from Flintstones. I don't know who this Barney guy is. I had no idea. So I actually, I think I suffered a little bit doing that. I should have probably done that, played through the first one and understand what, what this has come to. But again, Half-Life 2, it changed it changed everything, right? We've talked about this. Changed changed the whole gaming landscape of gaming. Um. So I took that as an individual experience for me, and I loved it, thoroughly enjoyed it, and I didn't let the fact that I didn't play Half Life One ruin it for me. I went back after the fact and played it. It was, it was fantastic, but you don't necessarily you didn't really need it. There were just some things that you missed out on, small things, story story related stuff. As far as backlog is concerned, about like categorizing, honestly, like, yeah, an Excel spreadsheet, maybe a, a Google Sheet, get in Google Docs and use a sheet. That probably was, is the most easiest and or free option. Um, I've tried. I use an app called GameEye. Um, actually, and I spoke with a developer on Facebook. He's actually a real nice guy, uh, indie, indie developer. He actively updates the app. It's called Game Eye. Check it out. Tell him I sent you. But it's it's overwhelming for me. There's there's I've tried to do it. I think just before we sold off our NES collection, like five years ago at this point now. I know Steph and I went through and we categorized and cataloged all the games we had so that in the future we could come back and get them again if we really wanted them. Um, but yeah, it was great because it game I, it shows the game, the artwork, it shows current, I think it, it ABs current prices between like Amazon, eBay, price charting, and a few other places, secondhand stuff. So it's actually a great app. I really, really like it. But it's too overwhelming for me. It's just too much time. But I like it because you can actually scan barcodes. So if you have like DVD-based games or any games with cover art that has a barcode, you can scan it and it's pretty accurate. It'll put it in automatically. Whew, that's a lifesaver. You're going to want that. Um, I don't recall if if it's a few bucks or if it's free. If it is a few bucks, two, three, four, five bucks, it's definitely worth it. I think it's great. And I would definitely suggest picking that up. So do that. If not, just go to the Excel spreadsheet, man. Just make make headers, bro. Just... NES, Super Nintendo, Genesis, PlayStation, and then just color code them and just go down the list. I mean, that would be more work, but maybe something to to keep uh, in order there. I don't know. Steph, you have anything else you wanted to add to that backlog? Any other advice? She has no time to play games anymore. It's And that's also a, very much a reality. Um, okay. Chris, I appreciate you. Thanks for the call. Hey, what's Jason? 
This is Cameron, the voicemail maniac. Back in action. I had a question for your podcast this week. It, uh, I guess my question is, are, are you pretty excited for this next generation of consoles? Um, slash what, uh, are there any of the consoles coming out? It's PS5 and then whatever the next Xbox is called. Um, is there one you're going to be picking up day one or maybe, you know, a few months after release? Mm. Um, I'm just kind of curious. I'm typically, at least these days, about two years behind. So I'll, I usually won't pick up a console unless it's been out for a few years. Mm-hmm. Just because I'm mostly a retro gamer and I end up just playing maybe a few games that I get really into on the newer consoles. But, um, you know, the old games are my bread and butter and, Unfortunately, a lot of times the new newer consoles end up becoming a, a DVD player for most of their life, um, with with a few exceptions. But um, I mean, I do love the newer games. I just don't get as into them as a. Uh, it's just just my personality. Yeah, you're um, nostalgic. I get yeah, it. Yeah, just curious uh, if you have any, uh, if you, or if you are ex- excited about any particular uh, console coming out, um, you know, in this upcoming generation. Anyway, uh, keep up the good work, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for the call, Cameron. The voicemail maniac back in action. Yeah, no, I am excited for this gen um, of consoles. I think uh, I think every every um, console launch, you know, we get hyped, we get excited for things. For me, though, and like you said, you're a couple years behind. I typically find it's better. Uh, this is just me now. Unless there's something I really, really, really want on that day one launch, and there's something that I really have to have, then I'll go in day one. Typically, I will wait. I will. Just, we, I think the last console I bought day one, to be honest, was Nintendo Wii in 2006. I think that was the last time. Other than that, you can get better deals, discounts, more game variety, larger game library later on if you wait. Sometimes, in fact, you may wait long enough to where you find yourself getting like a new bundle. They make a bundle, right? Like a year down the road or two years down the road. They're like, all right, here's the new PS5 bundle with two controllers, three games and this, and it's the same price. Like, you know what I mean? So um, unless it's something you really, really want at the beginning. um, Yeah, I typically will wait. I've done that. I did that. I've said this before. I did it with PSP. I did it with 360. Um, I did it with, uh, what else? There's some handhelds in there as well. I remember Game Boy Advance. I think I did it with Game Boy Advance. Got them way late in the game. Tons tons of great games. Dirt cheap. Digging through bins. Just like, like, like Rubbermaid bins full of Game Boy Advance games. No one wanted them. They're just sitting there. I'm just like digging through. Um, cleaning up. Good stuff. God, that's, this would have had to have been like eight years ago, seven years ago at this point on that that front. But yeah, yeah, good times. Um, but am I excited? Yeah, I'm actually, you know what I'm really excited for is uh, the new console from Xbox, from, from Microsoft Series X. I'm excited for that because of their backwards compatibility talk. And I still don't know exactly what that means or what that entails, you know, to what capacity that means. I don't know to... <laughs> You know, what heights that's going to give us. Can I put any of my 360 games in? Can't, you know, they're talking about they're going to use the full potential of the new Series X hardware. So higher frame rates, slower load times because of their proprietary SSD. You know, there's a lot of really great stuff in there that I'm excited for. Original Xbox 360, Xbox One, and Series X. That's four consoles that will be supported at launch. Of course, not full library, I know, but some. That's exciting to me. In fact, that's actually more exciting to me than than any of Sony's offerings right now. I'm just saying, that's just reality. That's just the truth. So we'll see what happens. I remember I talked about this like last year. If the PS5, and I guess there's just no way for them to do it, hardware limitations or whatnot, but if the PS5 supported PS1 through 5 games, or at least some in capacity, that right there is game over for me. I would, I would day one that shit, 100%. And uh, yeah, it's... But that, but am I, am I, am I alone in this? You know, like, yeah, I have a lot of PS1, 2, 3, 4 games, but do people really collect a lot of PS1? I know people do, but 
not a lot, like not enough for Sony to invest the energy into making the backwards compatibility a thing, right? So I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a toss-up. It's a toss-up. But to answer your question, Cameron, I'm excited for, uh, more excited for the Series X at this point. But we will see. As we come closer to holiday, that may change. We'll see what the announcements, uh, what they entail. Uh, could be a lot of fun. A lot of fun there. Uh, but I appreciate all the calls, folks. Thank you so much for calling in on that Heine House hotline, 503-908-5490. Get at me. You want to talk about something? Yeah, we can do some trucking. That's what we need to be doing, delivering some stuff. Hey, you know what? Um, I delivered a boat, a big like yacht on American Truck Simulator uh, last week, and it was I never delivered a boat before. It was awesome. Just like, oh, uh, <laughs> What was it say? Toot? What did you say? Big Bertha coming through? A big shit? What did you say it was? Large barge. Large barge. Yeah, that's what it was. It was fantastic. I loved it. Um, all right, folks. Hey, that's the show. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a fantastic week. Um, Heineyhouse.com's website, and of course, shout out to all of the amazing support that we have right here on. Wow, what is up with my soundboard? Shit is broken. Like, doesn't want to work. Um, Patreon.com slash Jason Heine right there. That's the link. If you enjoy the show at all, please consider giving it a little love and supporting it here. The show is completely funded and supported by all the people you see right here on your screen. Ground floor, main floor, and our friends on the Game Loft. Brandon, George, Aaron, Weldon, Tammy, Luke, Ryan, and Justin. I appreciate you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, just did that after party, actually, for this month, for uh, May. I talked about my history on Twitch, how it began, how it started. I even went back and dug through some old online files and found some old uh, DJ sets from 2010, 2011. Uh, and actually me spinning at uh, Phoenix Comic Con. Some cool stuff. So if you want to see any of that, it's exclusive on Patreon, please. That's only five bucks a month. Baby, baby. I always say, it's just the cost of a cup of coffee. It's actually, then I want coffee. I need some iced coffee. Anyway, I appreciate you all for listening. Thank you. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Bye now.